truly he is the way. Let us pray. Now, O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our holy redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The scripture has already been read for your hearing. And as the Holy Spirit will guide on this morning, I want to share from the thought, in the meantime, in the meantime. One of many things that constantly disturbs me is what I see and hear the treatment of African-American athletes that after they are fall from grace, no matter how much they achieve beyond that, we are always reminded of their past. And yet, we come to a, an apostle by the name of Paul that seems to be in the same predicament. It's just hard to talk about Paul and not talk about his past. It's hard to mention the apostle Paul and not remember his days of Saul. He becomes more relevant in that testimony than ever before in this day and time in ministry. Because Saul, which is Paul, when Saul sounds a, a, a great deal like the people today. During the time of Saul, he, uh, he believed in God. He believed in a supreme being. He just didn't want to accept Jesus. He believed in the creator. But he struggled with calling Jesus God's son, our Messiah, and his Savior. And he lived like that, and he persecuted the church for a long time. But then he had an encounter. He had an experience on his road to persecution. And, and, and once he encountered God, experienced God, it changed his perspective on Jesus. And, and, and it brings light to why so many people may want to negate Jesus. Because the truth of the matter is that you have not encountered him. You have not experienced him. You haven't found your Damascus moment. That that. That, that many of us sit in the pew and, and we, we have a Thomas mentality. We can't, we can't believe it until we touch the scars. We can't believe in him until we can see him in vision because our faith only goes beyond, only go as far as we can see. And, but once he experienced the Savior, once he encountered Jesus, he began to give credit to, to the Lord where he used to discredit. 
that in the book where he has his experience, it is Paul that now who's come to, from Saul to Paul, and he stands in the midst of Mars Hill where all the great philosophers and intellects would, uh, would, would think like he once thought, and he just gave all credit to the Lord, and he says unto them, he says, for in him we have our living, our being, and our movement. He says, I, I've come to recognize that I exist because of God and because of what Jesus has done. He encountered him, and now he credits him. And, and until you experience him, you might think you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. But when you have encountered God, you'll start giving God credit for what God is doing. And so, and so he, he, it is Paul's testimony. He says, I, I've been beaten and I've been in prison and I've been in shipwrecks and I've been in hunger. He says, the world tried to take me down, but it's the Lord that brought me out. And so he, his experience and his encounter, he began to credit God for what only the Lord can do. And some of you who have experienced God must credit God. If it had not been for God, you and I wouldn't be here today. The only way you can feel that is that you have to know him for yourself and so now this Paul has come to another trial and test in his life ah he has encountered a thorn in his side and and, and the text says that he sought him three times and I, I don't believe that that Paul at this point I believe he and God was on on pretty good terms well, no long, extravagant prayer. He had enough testimony to know what the Lord can do, and he, he'd been there enough that he knew how to speak to God, and whenever he's in trouble, he knew the first thing to do was pray. And, 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 and just in case you forgot, prayer still works. And so he went to God, and he prayed, and I think that all he said was, Lord, in the name of Jesus, remove this thorn from me. Hmm. And and, and here it is, that was the first time. But my concern is what did he do in between the first prayer and the second? In the meantime, you remember Batman. In the meantime, what, what, what did he do to fill the gap between the first prayer and the second prayer? I'm glad I asked. Uh, I believe that Paul did what Paul, the data says that Paul kept writing. Hmm. Let me, let me, let me. History would tell you that after Paul had encountered this thorn that was meant to buffer him, that Paul wrote at least, at least seven more epistles because that's what Paul does. Paul, Paul, Paul in between time must have kept writing letters to, to the churches even though he, he, was, he had a thorn in his side, it didn't stop him from writing. Kind of, kind of remind me uh, 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 of Dr. King in Birmingham. That, you know, they, 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 the enemy tried to stop him, put him in a, a Birmingham jail. Said, we're going to quiet him. He put, but he put ink to paper. <laughs> and there he wrote that, that famous speech where he, he, he spoke to the people on the other side of the cage. And he says, you have a moral responsibility to, to break unjust laws and not be sitting there waiting for the courts to make your decision. It was there that he cloned the, the, the most powerful phrase. He says, injustice 
anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. In other words, while they had put him on lockdown, they didn't lock his hands from pen and paper. And, some, and so I believe that's Paul's testimony. He says, you might put a thorn in my side, but in the meantime, I'm going to keep on writing and giving some theological perspective, giving some encouragement and enlightenment to the people who say, want to know, it's Jesus Lord. Ah, but somewhere between the writing, I'm going somewhere. Somewhere between the writing, Mr. Smith, the thorn must have hit again. And he prayed. He said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, remove this thorn. Well, what did he do in the meantime between the second prayer and the third prayer? You got to be careful when you start preaching. You start trying to give out lessons because the words you speak might come back and haunt you. I'm always leery when folk come to me and say, Pastor, you said, because that means I'm getting ready to eat something that I didn't just said. Well, can, if you read the letters, you, you kind of get a hint of maybe what Paul did in the meantime that he, he wrote a letter to the church of Philippi and he had the audacity to tell the church this, rejoice always. And he wrote in, in supplication give thanksgiving. Then he wrote another letter, put pen to paper to the church of Thessalonica. He says, in everything give thanks. Now Paul is suffering. Now he done told everybody else what you should do no matter what life brings. He said, I, I, I don't care what your condition is. Rejoice always. Give thanks and everything. Y'all don't want to go with me right now. He says, I don't care if you got your own thorn. Rejoice always. Y'all still ain't got it yet. He says, don't let your condition interrupt your worship. So no matter what you're going through, while you're waiting on God, in the meantime, I suggest you go ahead and thank him anyway. Because when praises go up, they tell me blessings will come down. Don't sit there like you don't know what I'm talking You may not be where you want to be, but I would suggest that you thank God. Let me put it this way. If you're going through something that don't make sense, and you're experiencing something that you don't think you deserve, then that's really when you should thank God. Because that means that the devil that got mad and he can see your blessing he can see your anointing he can see that God is using you don't thank God for the thorn thank God for thinking enough of you that he will use you so great that the devil then got mad <laughs> he worshiped and in the midst of a hallelujah shout that thorn hit again So when it hit again, he, he, he said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, remove the thorn. But in the meantime, still waiting for an answer. What did he do? 
Sometimes the scripture will come to life before your very eyes. Last week we had uh, Dr. Hicks here. And I, I had, I didn't know Dr. Hicks had, had surgery on his back. And it was the first time he had preached in, since April or March. And when he was sitting in the office and he was talking to me, I thought I saw some, some grimace of pain. And, and I tried to relieve him of his duties. I said, Dr. Hicks, if I'd known you were in this condition, you certainly could have stayed home. I said, and if you, if, you, if you don't feel up to it, don't hurt yourself. And, and I said, I said, um, I said, and he said, no. And I said, and, but if you get up there and they hit you, just go on and stop. And he looks at me and he says to me, as long as the Lord keeps me, as long as I have a mouth to speak, a spirit to hear, and the strength to stand, I'm going to preach. And they said they don't know where Paul was when he wrote the letter, but they said he was somewhere between Acts chapter 20. And in spite of the thorn, you will find that Paul was still traveling, he was still working, and he was still proclaiming God. And, and, and I want you to know that, that, that I don't know what, What's going on? I, I was sitting at a table and the man was mad because of what he was going through because of what he said God put him through. But I looked at him and I said, that don't give you permission to stop talking about the goodness of the Lord. And so whatever you're going through, you don't have permission because you don't like it to stop proclaiming that Jesus is still Lord. I'm trying to go somewhere because this I do know. Whenever you're in a situation and you're waiting for God to answer, I suggest there's three things that you can do. Number one, you keep telling the story. Number two, you keep telling the story. Number three, you keep telling the story. Number four, you keep telling the story. Number five, you keep telling the story. You keep telling the people that Jesus is still alive and well. And sooner or later, God will answer you. I'm done. I'm done because, because some of y'all are looking for... And said, and said, he heard the Lord say to him, watch this, come on. I may not preach this ending correctly, but it's going to be good for me. This, 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 this is what he said. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. In your weakness, I'm strong. And, 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 and the buffer, no one knew what it was, but there are reasons why it existed. One is that the, the, the devil produced it to stop him. The Lord allowed it to humble him. That sometimes God has to slow us down. Because we start thinking more of ourselves than we ought. And, and let me give you some insights how you know you think you all that. Your church attendance goes down. Your praise go down. Your prayer goes down. You get angry with God like you have a right to be angry and not be able to still worship him. 
you start looking him in the eyeballs, still bowing down in reverence unto him. See, it ain't about, ain't about just showing off and driving up in new cars and new houses. It's your attitude. It's that I don't need him today. So he says, he heard the Lord speak. And I said, well, what did it sound like? People tell you, well, the Lord told me. What, 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 what did it sound like? And, and don't get me wrong. I, 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 ain't, I, ain't, I ain't being funny. That's what they said to me when I said the Lord called me. They said, what did it sound like? And, and I thought, I said, I said, did the Lord speak? What, was there a verbal conversation my grace is sufficient because some of us are listening for a voice but but life has a way of teaching you God's language ASL the American sign language I took sign language I think I told y'all that I failed. And I failed because we had to sign a song. And, and I, I wanted to, I, so my hands weren't fast, so I wanted to sign, ooh, baby, baby. I figured I could print that, I could do that, ooh, la, 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 la. I thought that was right with my hand. I failed like a big dog. I didn't even get to the ooh before he was la, la, la. And I, I knew I had failed. But sign language is, 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 a, is, as you know, is a physical expression given to those people who cannot hear verbal statement. And so what they're, what they're able to do, the, to those who don't have hearing, they can give signs to express what it is they want to say. And likewise to those who, who, whom they want to speak to. They can give signs to tell them what they're trying to say. And sometimes it's not professional. Michael Jordan, when he hit all those three-pointers, gave a sign. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just in it. And so then it dawned on me, I don't know how the Lord spoke. I'm not sure how... Paul heard him, but I believe God waited so he could hear him in the meantime. That Paul had to come to the realization that even though he had been infected with a thorn from the enemy, no matter how sick he was, that the enemy didn't stop him from serving. Y'all should be on your feet. He, said, he says, I realize that what was supposed to take me out didn't take me out. What's supposed to sit me down couldn't sit me down. 
And why is it that I'm still standing, still writing, still worshiping, and still working in spite of what the devil is trying to do unto me? And there he heard the sign language between the meantime, and he says, God's grace has been sufficient because when I thought I was weak, the Lord kept me. Y'all ain't got it yet. That means that you're trying to figure out how come you're not in a straight jacket because the Lord kept you. How come you're not in pain and then stop serving the Lord because the Lord is keeping you. How come you haven't lost your mind because the Lord has kept you. You've been in places where you should not have made it but you keep pressing. You keep moving. You keep worshiping. Even though your days may not be as sweet as you want them to be it is the grace of God that keeps us standing in spite of the hell we might be going through. So while you're waiting on the Lord to answer, he's already answered you. If it had not been for the Lord this morning, you and I would not be here. Give credit where credit is due. In him we have our living, our being, and our movement. God speaks every time you wake up. God speaks every time you make it safely to and from. God speaks at every table that has a piece of bread and bologna. God speaks when you have a choice to decide what you're going to wear today. God speaks when you can look over and find a friend to talk to. God is speaking. Question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Let me put it to you another way. You and I don't deserve what we have or where we are but just for reference his grace has been sufficient and so as I get older and I, I look back on my mean times not nasty times mean times y'all get it That's why I'm always baffled about the people that I've seen in the line dancing in the stadiums cheering and the house party come to the church house and sit. And don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think you have to jump up at every point. But every now and then you could at least point. Ain't gonna hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, let, let, me, let me help you. That's a nice dress you got on. You're looking mighty spiffy today. I say nothing. 
just poor. You all right? But to sit there like, but let me catch you on a Saturday night. Then come bring that sleepiness to Jesus on Sunday morning. Shame, shame, shame. And yet in spite of such attitude, his grace has been sufficient. And he still bids us to come. Give the Lord a hand praise today.